Right, here we go. So just to recap, I'm going to say again, because I was on the uh, microphone, my name is Ben Hamilton. I'm a community manager at Zequis. A lot of people struggled how to say this. Um, Zequis, Zequis, doesn't really matter. That's what it is. Dot com. And we are a global fundraising platform that kind of incorporates in a crowdfunding model. Um, originally, when we launched, we were known as Please Fund Us. Um, we launched about three years ago. And we were typically dealing with creative individuals, so kind of filmmakers, photographers, um, theatre productions, and we've now kind of broadened the platform, so we're working with anyone and everyone, so businessmen, charities, creative individuals, um, you name it. If you've got an idea, we think you can crowdfund it, so we try and tailor your idea and, and turn it into a crowdfunding campaign. Um, so what I'm going to cover briefly, what is crowdfunding, what a crowdfunding campaign looks like, and obviously the powers of crowdfunding for your business. Um, now, I imagine quite a lot of you probably have heard of crowdfunding. Anyone actually run their own crowdfunding campaign here? No? Anyone thinking about running their own campaign? Maybe. Um, anyone here that doesn't know what crowdfunding is? Okay, good. So, basically, the first couple of slides that I'm just going to be recapping on this, just so I'll give you my explanation. Everyone has their own explanation. Obviously, it's a bit of a buzzword at the moment. People are kind of what it is. An elevator pitch, if you were to ask me, I'd give you a really simple one. I'd just say it's getting lots of people to put in relatively small amounts of funds in order to achieve a common goal. Um, now, because it's a bit of a buzzword at the moment, everyone kind of gets a bit daunted by it. They're not too sure what it's all it is. And the key, sorry, oh, that was my friend Wikipedia, if you want a, a more um, detailed explanation. So the collective cooperation by people who network and pool their money and other resources together to support efforts initiated by others. Now, the main point is that crowdfunding is not new. This whole, if you use my basic um, explanation of what crowdfunding is, you know, putting lots of people putting small amounts of money together to achieve a common goal, then that's nothing new at all. And, and the, the example that I use a lot, um, so forgive me if you've heard it before, but the plinth of the Statue of Liberty was in fact crowdfunded. They didn't have enough money to get the plinth over from France. So they put, a, put out an advert in the local paper, um, reaching out to any, all the local community in New York, all the New Yorkers saying, look, we all want this um, Statue of Liberty to be erected. We don't have enough funds to bring it over to France. If we all chip in a small amount of money, we can make this happen. Um, and they got hundreds, if not thousands, of replies to this newspaper ad, all chipping in a dollar or two, and they managed to raise enough funds to bring it over. Now, what is new is the internet and the rate at which this can happen. So this is why it's become a bit of a buzz at the moment, because you can put an idea out there, you don't have to wait around for months, months on end waiting for a reply for a newspaper ad. You can, like with social media, with Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, you can outreach to millions of people, literally, within seconds, minutes, hours, you know, and, and that's what is really exciting. And then obviously that's where a lot of these crowdfunding platforms have been established, is kind of um, basically providing you with a platform to raise awareness about your idea and raise money um, and outreaching to the, um, a group of a large group of people in a short space of time. Now, there is two, two main types of crowdfunding. Um, there's equity-based and there's reward-based. Sequest is reward-based. So we work, because we worked um, to begin with with creative individuals, we're like such filmmakers and photographers, we're conscious that you want, they want to retain full ownership of the idea. Um, and so how that works is that you're getting lots of people to buy into your idea, but you try and get creative with your incentives, and I'll cover the, the rewards in a minute, but they're non-financial incentives, so it could be a product, an experience, an acknowledgement, um, something obviously related to your campaign and related to your idea or business, um, but you're not actually giving any equity away, so you retain full ownership of your idea. 
There are other platforms out there. Um, two, of the, two of the good ones I'd suggest are Crowdcube and Cedars. Um, they're the equity-based um, platforms, and there's lots out there. I mean, that, for a start, I'd just say, you know, there's so many platforms out there at the moment that I'd definitely shop around if you are thinking of crowdfunding. Um, there are various different pla um, platforms with different models um, and so forth, but basically equity dealing with, um, you're giving a percentage, obviously we all know what equity is, you're giving a percentage of your company away, but similar sort of model where you're getting lots of investors rather than having to deal with one, you know, rather than getting one investor giving you 100 grand, you've got to maybe get 100, 1,000 people all, um, you know, sharing that equity, whatever, and obviously you predetermine what percentage equity you want to give away. But I'm not here to talk about equity-based, I'm here to talk about reward-based, because um, that's what I know. Um, and it's not all about the money. Um, as you know, obviously crowdfunding, you're, you're obviously you're trying to raise money. But it's as much about raising awareness about your, came, um, your business, your idea, and it's so much kind of testing the market as well. Because essentially this is risk-free to you. Because of the way you know, Facebook and Twitter and all this kind of free social media out there, you're, you're almost treating it as like a marketing campaign. So you're putting your business idea out there and, and testing the market. Is there, is there, are people interested in this? Are people going to buy into your idea? Do people want this idea, your business, to happen? Um, and so in that sense, it's completely risk-free. Not only that, but you're retaining full ownership and during the, uh, of your idea. And then during the campaign, you can also receive direct feedback because obviously the, the way our platform's built and we have kind of comments and, and um, obviously, with, again, with social media, with the plugins, you can actually learn from your customers before you've even put your product into market, for example. So you might be wanting, you have a product, you might have um, a prototype, but you need, let's say, £10,000 to put, in, put into production. You can basically forward sell, so almost treat your um, campaign as an e-commerce platform, and forward sell, see if there's interest, like I said, and forward sell that product. And then, so like I said, you raise awareness, you engage with your customers, um, you receive direct feedback. So you, we've had campaigns in the past of, during that campaign, they've had people uh, message in and say, well, have you thought about maybe trying this? Or, well, we'd really love um, this product, but in silver. You know, and actually, obviously, they might not be able to do that, but they can actually learn from the people who are interested in, this, in their business and their idea, and they can adapt. Because at this point, you know, it's still at relatively early stages. Um, and again, like I said, you can forward sell. So you can treat, almost treat it as an e-commerce platform. But as, and like I said, it's almost as much a marketing campaign as if anything. So getting the word out there. Now these are just some stats I took off the internet just to kind of really drive home, you know, how, I mean, we all know we're on the internet a lot, we're all on, the on our phones and awful, you know, we, I, think the, I think it's, you know, we all, for example, how, you know, when you wake up in the morning, who looks at their phone within the first five minutes of waking up? Yeah, me, I do, yeah, probably like a minute of waking up. My alarm sets and wake, wakes me up and then I'm instantly looking at my phone. You know, the, the point is we're all on the phone, you, everyone's got their Facebook, their Twitter, their smartphones, and you know, the access to the internet usage of mobile phones is more than doubled between, well, and 2010 through 2013. And I know we all know that, but I'm just obviously just trying to drive home that we're so internet-based now and people are on the move. So even getting people on the phones, you know, our platform is um, fully optimized for, for tablets and iPhones, so even with people on the tube, you know, they can look at your campaign and so forth. So what does the campaign um, page look like? This is a rough, uh, not a very good example I might add, but it's, you're basically creating a fundraising page, okay? Um, so like you would on, let's say, Just Giving or one, you know, kind of fundraising website, but there's a few little differences which we, we, we try and do. So <coughs> first of all, you set your target. So the way our platform works is that you, have you all heard of the all or nothing model? No? Yes? So the all or nothing model is you set a target, a predetermined target, and you must reach that target in order to receive any of the funds raised. 
Now, people often say, how much should I ask for? The question is, how much do you need? And the key with any campaign, it's almost you're cheating, you're trying to incentivize potential strangers to buy into your campaign and to buy into you. And so how much do you need? So be as transparent as possible. If you need £10,000 to put your product to production or to, to put your theatre production on, that's how much you need. Obviously, we'd all love 20, 30, 40, 100,000 pounds, but you know, ask for what you want. Um, and the great thing about it, so why this kind of all or nothing works, is that people know that if you, you, know, you need this much to make it happen, and so it protects everyone involved. So if someone's, if I've, let's say, one of you is running a campaign and you need 20,000 pounds to put your latest um, invention into production, and I've basically pre-bought one for 100 pounds, but you then only raised 18,000, What's the guarantee that you're going to then raise the extra two and then go put it into production? And it's kind of protecting everyone involved because you, you know I want I want the product that I've essentially bought from you, but you know I need a guarantee that you're going to go off and do it. Hence why we have the target. But can also work because there's because there's this structured urgency. It can actually help crowdfunders raise more. Um, I actually ran a campaign myself um, in December, um, and we went for I think that twenty-two thousand pounds and. We were seven thousand pounds short with two days to go, and I'm not—I'm not lying. I was, I was sweating. I was—I was panicking. I didn't think we were going to do it, but because we treat because people who already in, invested in us and they wanted it to happen as much as we did, they then the kind of the natural platform of how it works is they went out and spread the word, you know. And there's this kind of really structured us. If we don't make this happen in the next two days, it's not you know the campaign's not going to go ahead. And amazingly, we did. I didn't think we were going to do it, but we did um, in the in the final with about twelve hours to spare. So I mean. It, it's exciting when it starts and exciting when it launches, but I'll, um, I'll come to that in a minute. But we actually have built in now a, what we call a stretch funding model. Um, because we're working with charities, we're, we're conscious that many people, when they're donating to a campaign, they actually want the money to go to the person regardless. So for those of you getting your rich uncles or your fat mum or your dad or your sister to kind of to get in or early support, they actually have an option, well, everyone has an option when they make a pledge um, to, to opt for, you know, I actually want Ben to receive this money regardless if the campaign is met or not, but being aware that their reward might not be fulfilled. So it's kind of a bit of a safety net with the all or nothing, because I know a lot of people are a bit anxious of the all or nothing. They're like, well, you know, what if we don't raise it and we've you know, reached our target? You know, we want to get something. So that's first bit. Sorry, I've long-winded on the old target one. But then we've got the time frame. So in line with the all or nothing model, we actually have a limit of 55 days um, a campaign can last for. Now, again, people are often wary about this. They want it to last for six months. But actually, it's almost pointless doing a six-month day. We'll just drag it out. People who are meaning to invest will. The key with any crowdfunding campaign is the work you do before. You want to be building. You want to be telling people about what you're doing before you even launch the page. You want to say, rather, we often get people who really just want to get the page live, and then they spend the first 10 days going out and telling everyone what they're trying to do. And next thing they know, they've only got 30 days left and they're, you know, they're behind schedule. So the more work you can do to before, um, honestly, it's kind, of, and it's kind of mapping out those 55 days, right, we've got a launch date here, we're going to have the first week, we're going to have maybe a launch party to kind of get the ball rolling. We're going to then, like, I know the middle stages of the campaign might be quiet, so then maybe we'll have a Facebook competition here. You're literally kind of mapping out the campaign before you've even, even launched. Um, and then apart from that, it's very much just like a um, you know, typical fundraising page. We try and encourage people to make a video, so we get some sort of a video pitch. This is basically just to give a face to your campaign and to break down any barriers of trust. Um, it's also the fact that people are kind of lazy nowadays. When people are browsing the internet, and they're not going to be looking long. If they see a big chunk of text, they don't necessarily want to, because, they're only, because people have been giving small amounts of money, you're not looking for a big investor. Um, they don't necessarily want to read a business plan. They don't want to read a large chunk of text. They're buying into you as a person, 
as much as the idea and as much as maybe whatever reward you're offering. Um, so obviously a video pitch can be a really exciting way of kind of engaging with people browsing our platform or you know, look, who come across your campaign and almost treating it as like a bit of a movie trailer. You know, like you want to keep it short, give a face to your campaign, two to three minutes, just basically trying to then incentivize people to look further down your page and who might be interested um, in finding out more. And so that's when you obviously get the chance to have fuller detailed description for those who might want to find out more. And then you have your rewards. So this is coming back to obviously the reward-based model. So what what are you offering? This will kind of have this motto, give and be given. So rather than just going around asking for your friends and family to give you money, you're essentially you're, you're, you should be offering something in this and you get to set the rewards. Um, so tiered rewards set on the level of donation that you want. And this allows to, for you to cater to the widest possible audience. So you know you can have one for one pound if you want, just to, to, to enable your campaign to go viral. So literally any Joe blogs can kind of chip in as much as they want. But you can also build it up. You could actually, there's no um, harm going, you know, asking for the full amount or asking for half the amount and appealing to a business sponsor, for example. You know, you could be like, um, we'll list your business logo all over the product and, and give you special acknowledgement on our website, on the packaging. Um, and it just basically allows you to then, so you can funnel all your efforts you can, um, for during the campaign to, to the individuals, to the businesses, to any organisations. We, on the site, we have kind of the core pledges around the mark of, between the £30 and £60 mark, £60 marks. Obviously, it's quite a good idea to think of a, a really kind of um, jam-packed um, pledge for that. And also maybe thinking about having like limited edition rewards. You know, again, trying to get the ball rolling. So trying to make people feel special that they can't get otherwise. You know, this is, you're basically appealing to people who are trying to get your idea up and running. So essentially, you need to be offering something at a, either at a better value or either at something that they couldn't get normally. You know, we see, I often see some um, film projects and they're offering like a DVD for £60. And it's just like, why, why would I do that? I'll wait till the film's made and then I'll buy it for 20 You know, so if you're trying to make it a better value. So if you, but then again, if you're offering a DVD for £60, but it was signed by the director and you got a chance to come on stage on set and you could come to the, to the, the premiere screening, that is suddenly something that you couldn't get normally. You know, actually you're kind of involving the, um, your, your backers and it's... it's they can only get it through this campaign, so you're trying to make them feel special. So that's roughly, in a nutshell, what a campaign... Obviously, there's other little tricks, um, bits and bobs, but that's roughly what a campaign uh, looks like. Um, oh, this picture. This uh, rewards. This is just to kind of, again, drive home about how, you know, you don't have to offer equity. We had, I think there was a guy trying to make a documentary about the great white, um, great white sharks off the, the coast of uh, Britain, believe it or not. Um, and he was offering, you know, a shark cage diving, although that's not a shark, that is a shark, behind there, um, a shark cage diving experience for like £1,500. And I believe, I think he had like three people do it. I mean, I wouldn't opt to do that, but, you know. Um, and he raised, he had a target of 15000 and, and raised, he went over it. So there's nothing, again, there's nothing stopping you going over it. I think he raised about £18,000. Um, and he also actually used his... Um, used his campaign to obtain a grant. He previously applied for a grant, was rejected. We then got in touch with him, we helped him build up a campaign. He then raised half the amount of money, I think he was you know, on about um, £7,000. He then went back, reapplied for the grant. They saw that this guy meant business. He, had, he already had 50 or so people behind it. It was kind of proven that people wanted this film to be made. And then he was awarded the grant and he actually used that grant money and filtered it through his campaign. Um, and again, this is just to drive home because with any campaign, you're trying to get the ball rolling. So typically you want to try and um, 
aim to get at least 30% of your target from your own networks. Um, and then, obviously, then the next 30% is from their own networks, their extended networks, and then you'll see, typically see our community getting involved in that final third. And it's something to do with, you know, people like getting um, behind something like a good thing, and it's also about credibility. You know, we, people who are kind of just sh um, aimlessly sharing their campaigns on social media and networks, and not a single person have, has backed it. Um, you know, we, I mean, going to looking at our campaign, what we did, we, we, we I launched it on a Friday afternoon at work. I then spent the weekend ringing up all my close friends and family and saying, look, if you're going to buy into this, I'd, you know, I'd love you to, please do it now because we need to kind of get this credibility, we need to get the ball rolling. So then we started, sh so when we did start shouting about it on the kind of Tuesday, the Wednesday, the following week, we already had that kind of foundation of support so that anyone looking at our campaign could see that it was, you know, people were interested in it. And so it's just these little kind of um, tricks that you can, you can do. And so again, so with the rewards, that's the, you know, you're not asking for donations, you're essentially, you're, you're selling your campaign, you know, you're, you're inviting people to, to share, to be a part of your journey, be a part of this business. You know, you're, you should be, should be able to be offering something that people wouldn't be able to get normally. So you're kind of, it's an exciting opportunity and for those people who want to kind of join in on the journey with you. So again, like I said, not begging for money. Um, and this is just the drive home the... So the power and reach of social media, and I'm, I'm, we all know, again, I'm not trying to, you know, have the powers of Facebook and, and Twitter and the reach, but many of the, the trickiest thing of all is, you know, we can help you get your campaign up and running, we can, you know, give you tips on video, rewards, you know, um, do, you know build up a marketing campaign before, but then it's thinking about who you're going to target this at, because there will be people interested in your campaign, is it? but it's finding those. And so within the kind of Facebook groups or, you know, uh, hashtags on Twitter or finding influential people on Twitter who may be able to think and getting in touch with press, any magazines that are similar to your idea, you know, so and it's really, like I said, a marketing campaign. You're really trying to find those network, those, those people who are going to be interested in your idea and who want to make it happen. Um, and this is just to, to emphasize the part of, of Twitter. Did anyone hear about the, the KLM Miami Music Festival thing on Twitter a couple of years ago? It was basically KLM um, announced a, a new chartered flight from Amsterdam to Miami on the 27th of March. I can't remember one year. or That's not an exact date. Don't quote me on that. Um, but it was basically t two days later than the, uh, the, the Miami Ultra Music Festival. And one of the organizers tweeted at KLM and said, look, can, is there any chance you can charter this flight a couple of days earlier so we can all go direct to Miami? They came, because it was on Twitter, because it was in the public eye, you know, rather than, you know, if he'd emailed, let's say, you know, they could have never got a response or whatever, but they actually tweeted back and there's potentially some quite good kind of advertising that said, look, if you can charter the plane, we'll, you know, fill it up with tickets, we'll, we'll, we'll do it early. So literally within a couple of hours, I think they had, you know, they, they filled the flight with 200 passengers, you know, they had like, I can't remember how many re retweets. And that is literally just a pap. So I mean, this is a quote from the guy, you know, we mobilise literally everyone in our industry online. Um, it's from the nature of a technology driven and global experience. So yes, Twitter and Facebook can mobilise a big audience and even get a big major airline to change their flight plan for you. Um, and a similar sort of thing happened with um, British Airways. There was um, someone who lost their bag. Did you hear about that? And they, they, um, they were emailing um, uh, British Airways. They got no response. They'd lost his bag. So he then said, uh, did a paid Twitter promotion. So when anyone typed in British Airways, it came up with something like British Airways is shite. And so when anyone said this, this was just coming up on loads of Twitter feeds, they obviously got back to him within like minutes and his bag was sent to him the next day. So, you know, it's just like you're very much in the public eye. And so, you know, going back to what I originally said about putting your idea out there, this is essentially risk-free to you. Um, you know, you're not, 
you're not paying for this, it's free, you know, and again, you're not, you're not paying for our platform. So that's something I, like I said, going back to um, earlier, there's different platforms available, and I'd say number one, definitely do your research, you know, and whatever suits you and your idea, whether you want to do equity crowdfunding, reward-based crowdfunding, um, look, even looking at the reward-based crowdfundings, they all have different models. Some, you know, for example, have different time spans, you know, we, we limit our projects to 55 days. Some are different models, some are all or nothing, some are kind of get what you raise, some have different fees. Um, one of the big things about us is that we're completely free, so we don't charge any commission. Um, so these are all things to con consider. Um, and so in summary, basically I've kind of whittled through it. Um, why, crowdfund my fund, crowd, uh, why crowdfund my idea? It's kind of recapping on everything I already said, but it's kind of, you know, you're cutting out the middleman. You're going direct to your customers you're, or your, the people who are going to be interested in this idea. And from that, you're getting direct feedback. You, know, you, kind of learn, you can learn from people and you're, you're basically getting to test the market before, like I said, any associated risk. Before you've invested loads of money or you know, trying to get, um, you know, putting your product into production, um, you're putting your idea out there, like I said, but, and it's become an alternative source of finance for, for lots of people who have been unable to get loans from the bank or have been able to kind of get a VC funding. Um, it's not a guaranteed source of finance, you know, you know it's not definitely going to happen, um, but that, if anything, you know, if even thinking pessimistically, say you don't reach your fund, it's a great way of getting your idea out there, you know, and using the, the, the kind of um, social media tools. I mean, we had a couple of people get in touch with us for our campaign where we I mean, we were trying to do a pop-up bar restaurant, um, a friend and I, it's kind of on the side, a little kind of hobby. Um, and we got, we didn't actually get a donation from these guys, but we got a tweet from, um, we, got, you know, we got in touch by vodka sponsors, got in touch with us saying, we saw your campaign being shared on Twitter, are you interested in potential sponsorship, we'd love to work with you. You know, they didn't give us any money, but just from, and so even if our campaign was a, you know, didn't reach its target, you know, it, it can open other doors, people can see you on Twitter, on Facebook, and, and it's about kind of building that momentum from your own networks, your own contacts, and, and getting the word out there. So like I said, test the market, you get to give and not beg. Because you're offering rewards and you're engaging with your, your supporters, you know, you're not just asking for pure donations, and you're inviting them to be a part of your journey. You know, you're, you're, you know, you're gonna, giving them something that they couldn't not normally get, and obviously you get increased exposure for any idea. This is just a little side on, on the Zequist difference. Like I said, with, um, if you do want to use us, you know, or if you just want any advice on any crowdfunding, just um, drop me a line at ben at zequist.com. Um, and you know, we, we can help you um, think about how you're going to um, build a campaign, think about your video, think about rewards. So this is what we call our Zequist Angels. I say I'm a community manager, but my actual title is a, an angel. I don't like saying that though. Um, and, you know, and one of the big things is we're completely free. And obviously we have, um, you know, we're, we're primarily based in the UK. Um, we've got some um, tube ads out at the moment. I don't know if you've seen that. And we're kind of working with any, any individual. So whether it's a, a business, a charity, or creative, um, we truly believe we can tailor it to, to a campaign. And like I said, it's fundraising is crowdfunding is a journey. So you're inviting people to be a part of it. Now, I realize I whittled through, but have you got any questions? Thank you very much. Cheers. Do I, do I stop this now? No, keep it, keep it going. Okay, right. Any questions? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what is your business model? Uh, good question. We get that a lot. At the moment, it's just to grow the platform. So we used to charge 5% um, fee when we were Please Fund Us, kind of standard industry rate. Um, we've now, since the kind of rebrand and the takeover, now we're working a lot with charities. Um, our investors are purely just wanting to grow the platform. We actually, there is a, an option after camp, a campaign, 
after a campaign ends, um, is, there's a chance that leaves equals a tip. You know, but this is no, under no obligation, so you could leave 1%, 2%. Um, because we're, a lot of the charities we're working with, obviously, our kind of selling factor to them is more money goes to the charity. So obviously, with charity campaigns, we don't necessarily get a tip. Interesting enough, though, with the creative campaigns, we're actually getting tipped a little bit more. We're actually kind of, kind of around the kind of 6-7% uh, mark. Purely because one of that way we, we try and differ is obviously having this kind of hands-on approach and actually guiding people through the process and, you know, like even from the early stages getting the campaign ready for the kind of getting the word out there and how to promote it. Um, obviously not everyone says that we are free, there's under no, no obligation, but, you know, for those of the, the individuals that we do work with, um, you know, they tend to actually leave us a better, um, better tip. In terms of other revenue streams, I think that, that will come in due course, you know, in terms of uh, with the charity sectors maybe or not. But at the moment, the, the main objection is just to grow the, grow the site, grow the platform. Yes. Yeah. It's actually the same question, but uh, now you've answered it. Have you considered crowdfunding to fund it? What to actually fund the actual platform? Yeah, well, funnily enough, Crowdcube, I think it was, actually did exactly that. They um, crowdfunded their own crowdfunding business. So they actually put out there and they kind of offered a percentage, I can't remember what they were offering, and they got people buying into it. Um, we could do that, yeah, I mean, at the moment, um, I think, I mean, I'm not involved with the finance process, but I think they um, hopefully gone through the next round of investment, but it definitely could be an option for the, yeah. But it would be nice to be able to use our own platform for it, because but, but we don't use equity, so, we might have to use another one, but I don't know, unless we get that built in. I think we were actually thinking of, because we work across the board with kind of any campaign, and we wanted to initially kind of involve, um, do equity crowdfunding as well, but I think some of the investors were a bit cautious about, because it's, it's a bit of a grey area at the moment, you know, in, in terms of legislation and things, and they, they didn't know if it was, they weren't happy with investing because they think that, well, anyway, that's another story, but yeah. I see. Any other questions? Yeah. Um, just the team has to grow, really. I mean, we're, you know, at the moment we're, we're coping. Um, we've, got, you know, so we've got a team here in, uh, the main team is in the UK, but we've got a team in, in the US as well. Um, it's basically, we have, I mean, we have three payment processes. We've got, yes, we've got PayPal. Um, we also have a couple of others that you can link your um, campaign to, like Stripe and GoCardus, because we're wary that not everyone is a, a lover of PayPal. But yeah, I mean, we, we basically accept pretty much any campaign. I and mean, obviously we, we, we'd like to work with people Closely, but you know, some people don't want our help. They just want to get on and do it, and that's absolutely fine. Um, yes, Kickstarter are quite picky they, well, in terms of they. You have to be in either UK or US. I know they're expanding at the moment, um, but they're also they quite kind of. They only allow certain types of pr campaigns, and so there's and there's different models out there, di different platforms. Sorry, there's you know like Pledge Music, which is you know mainly for uh, musician uh, music campaigns. There's App Backer, which is just for app you know, the development of apps. There's, there's hundreds of platforms out there and there's more and more um, coming out each day. So, I mean, going back to the thing, you know, I'm not here to dictate and say, use Equus, but, you know, we are here to help. But, you know, first of all, just go do, do, you know, shop around, you know, look at all the platforms out there. Some might suit your idea better. If you're wanting to, de you know, develop an app, for example, you might choose that actually app back is the one for me or, you know. Um, what I would say with Equus with is just that because it's such a broad spectrum, you know, it, it can actually, work to your advantage, you know, because you get kind of get people work, you know, browsing the site for all sorts of reasons. Um, but it, again, it's up to 
Yeah, but at the moment, yeah, to, sorry, to answer your question, um, we're coping at the moment. And so in terms of, you know, we've got a team, like I said, based at, um, who are dealing with all, but as the site grows and as the, you know, as the, will, the team will grow, you know. Um, yeah, I would say that, well, not necessarily, but, yeah, we try and, I've learned never to turn my nose up at a project, um, you know, but there's some campaigns that have done an amazing video, they've got some awesome rewards, um, and they don't raise a penny, and, you know, it's because they probably, they might not go out there and actually, they just think it's going to magically happen, you know, and there's others who have not taken our advice, they've got a pretty ropey video, they've, you know, they've got some average rewards, um, you know, there's some I hadn't thought they've got a hope in hell, but they, they go off and actually exceed their target by, you know, hundreds or thousands. Um, I think the video is a big thing, you know, and it's not a compulsory thing. So, and I know most people are really kind of get really um, wary of this. They're like, oh, I'm not sure if I want to do a video and all that thing. But it's, I think it's massively important, yes. And it's kind of, like I said, giving a face to your campaign, even if it's just a, a short introduction saying, you know, I'm Ben, this is what my campaign's all about. You know, here's a little promo video. Even if it's something like that, you know, there's, it's, um, that's going to be a lot better than not having one. Um, but then again, the more because people buy it, will buy into you as a person as much as the campaign itself. So the more enthusiastic you can come across, the more passionate, the more excited, the better, almost the better the video. You've got, you, if you saw a movie trailer that was, you, know, you didn't like the look of, were you going to go see it in the film? Probably not. But if you see a movie trailer that, wow, this looks awesome, I want to find out more. It's kind of like that. So those are the, that's the first thing people are going to look at when they look at your page. They're going to look at your video. Um, so you want to keep it short, snappy, no longer than three minutes ideally, you know, preferably two give a face to your campaign and then make people want to find out more. Have a call to action. Say, look down on the right-hand page. We've got some awesome rewards to offer you. You know, have it, trying to get people that. But is there a correlation between having a bad video and not success? Maybe. It's, it's tough to tell. You know, like I said, it, we've, I've learned never to turn one as a branding. But I would say the better the video, the better the chance, I'd say, you've got of... Um, purely because one, your friends and family may want to support you and they might li you know, like what you're doing and like rewards, but for those people looking at your page who have no idea who you are, no idea what it's all about, the first thing they do is going to watch the video. And if they don't like the video, they're not going to bother looking down and having, you know, thing. Um, and so it, it, it might be, you know, it is sometimes worth even investing and in getting a good, a good video made. I mean, we, we put a shout out on, on Facebook just to say if, we, if any filmmakers could help us. And it turns out the my um, friend I did it with, you know, had a friend from uni who was looking to to kind of make a name for herself and she helped us and did an amazing job. So, we, you know, we didn't have to pay for it, luckily, but, you know, so it's, again, it's just trying to collaborate with, you know, with people um, and, and trying to get the, get the best possible kind of page up and running. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bootstrapping. yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, any other questions? Just general questions on the crowdfunding platform as a whole. Because the previous speaker here, mentioned about Most of these supporters, they are 
maybe they are more of supporting the concept of open source and this kind of stuff, but mm -hmm. as acquired by a VC, maybe it will become more of a closed source or you know the development is not so open anymore. And it is quite significant so much so that Facebook and Oculus they have to go on and address this kind of disappointment that is expressed by the supporters. Mm -hmm. I just want to hear from like because you have the experience in crowdfunding for so many years. I just, I just want to hear from you what do you think of this kind of uh, the match between the supporters, you know, for if you want to look at crowdfunding as a potential gapping mechanism between the initial ideas and the VC, mm -hmm. um, but people who are actually supporting this initial idea, they got disappointed when the VC acquired yeah. these companies. Well, I suppose, I think the key is to be as transparent as possible, you know, and so even, I mean, the supporters at the initial stage are kind of investing in, 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 the, in, in the person, but, you know, for what happens after that, I mean, it's not in their control, you know, they may be disappointed and, you know, some people might not have wanted them to, to sell out, um, but I think the key is to have clear messaging all throughout, so even after the campaign, you know, um, communicating with the supporters, you know, maybe giving them a bit of warning, saying that we've been approached by Facebook and we're thinking about this, you know, and this seems to be a good, too good opportunity to miss, you know, and, and, and that's something. So as long as you're, as you communicate regularly with the people, and even, like I said, after the campaign ends, you can still use your page to do it. You can send out updates, which basically get sent out as, as direct emails. Um, you know, we had a good example, of, I think there's an example that I read in the press of a film that they, they crowdfund a certain amount of money, and they actually run out of money halfway through filming. And, you know, the inclination would be to kind of run away and put your, put your head in the sand, but they kind of went out there, they sent out a message straight away saying, look, we're really sorry, we've been, we've been delayed, we've actually run out of funds, we're in search of new investors as we speak, um, you know, so you may not get the rewards promised to you, um, you know, when, we, when, we, when we've promised. So, and then, but the fact is they then went on, they got extra funding, they made the film, they then delivered all the DVDs, you know, um, it might have been six months later than they had promised, but the key was that they, they, they were kind of clear, they were transparent, they communicated with the people straight away. In terms of people, campaigns going on and, and receiving VC funding, I mean, it's, it's, it's not the supporters' choice, is it? I mean, really, I mean, obviously they might be buying something because they, they like it, it's kind of a small thing, but it, you have no control over how the business can develop. And I mean, those are the, the campaign owners are, the, are essentially the ones who are going to decide of what, you know, what's best. But I think in terms of keeping a good relationship with the supporters, I think just I think clear communication and regular communication you know, all the time and just and try to be as transparent as possible. And that's all you can do. If people are disappointed, it's, it's a shame, but you know, you've got to just put your hands out, say this is the best option for us, we're, sorry, you know, we're, we're still, you know, appreciate support, you're still, you know, and still make them feel like they are part, a part of it, because they, they are, they help the, the gapping, they're still very much kind of, you know, um, help get the ball rolling. And so as long as you don't forget them, you know, I think that's all you can do, really. It's a tough one. Sorry, that was a waffly answer, wasn't it? <laughs> and you mentioned that it's risk-free free for the entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. but We, we can't protect it in any way, so in terms, um, but what I, what I would say though is, in terms, we get that, again get that question a lot, is that it, because of the whole social media, you know, and Twitter, and if you're putting yourself out there and you're publicly known for this idea first, you know, you're, you've got a big leg to stand on if it did get, you know, to further down the line people think, but obviously we have had campaigns in the past who have wanted our help and they, they won't actually tell us what the, the, the product or the campaign's all about. It's like, well, if you can't tell us, how are you going to tell potential investors? And so it's kind of a 
Catch me too. Like if you've got a top secret remedy that you're not wanting to share in the public, then crowdfunding is probably not the best option. But what I would say is that if you are obviously there is a concern of intellectual property or thing, but like you know, I think if you're just if you're putting yourself out there and getting publicly known and you people investing in you before someone else, then that's kind of you know you're, you're kind of publicly known for doing that. But unfortunately, we don't have any. We can't protect you know anything. Uh, off the top of my head. Well, we actually had, to, to illustrate a good, um, we actually had an example of a woman trying to make a, this isn't the best example for what you're referring to, but trying to publish a book, um, and it was a really odd one, it was about um, a pocket book of vagina cupcakes, it was very odd, um, but she actually had this big fan base and she was just um, doing amazingly well, um, and then she had a Facebook comment on um, one of the images she uploaded saying, oh, you've used my image um, you know, I've got copyright on this, you've got no um, authorization to use this. She then started, there's this kind of huge thread of Facebook comments, uh, one after one after that. And annoyingly, if she just come straight back and said, oh, I'm terribly sorry, I've removed it, you know, she would have done it. But when people looking at this page saw all these comments, the, her kind of credibility was, was completely gone. And so actually she completely stopped funny, she didn't make it, she didn't go on. But, you know, so people kind of looking at a campaign could see, oh, hang on, she's used someone else's images, hasn't got their permission, is this really legit, is this sort of thing, you know, and so, and because it was in the massively in the public eye, and it, going back again to the kind of points earlier about just um, being clear and, and transparent and communicating to people, if she just jumped on the back of it straight away and said, oh, I'm terribly sorry, I'll take it down, you know, that's, it probably would have been fine, but because she just left it, stuck her head in the sand, like, oh, I don't know what to do, had this string of comments and things. Um, in terms of the intellectual property stuff, other things, um, I'll, I, I could have a think and get back to you on that. Another question about yeah. the time running out. Just a quick. Um, do you have any um, examples for projects that really received huge follow-up financing, or is it? Well, the, the biggest one we've had, yeah. or um, like yeah, for crowdfunding, but um, afterwards, after the crowd left. Mm -hmm. what you say? Oh, what to go on and getting funding. Um, Unfortunately, I don't know of any, I mean, it's because obviously we deal primarily with campaigns on our site, so then in terms of people going off and, I mean, it's, like I said, it's mainly, because we're dealing mainly with, um, yeah, so, and so, things. so I mean, we, obviously there are businesses out there and, who are, do use our, use our site, but then it's, yeah, I don't know, no, sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah. Any other questions? Regarding uh, regulation of, uh, of the sector, uh, the EU uh, Commission uh, is starting thinking of uh, uh, regulating the mm -hmm. sector. Uh, do you find that the state of things, at least here in the United Kingdom, uh, the regulation is, uh, should be uh, Particularly tightening for these activities uh, should be improved or changed. Or I think it all depends. It depends which model you look at in terms of whether it's reward-based or because the, 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 I mean the ethos behind the reward-based. This is where get people get quite confused because I mean it's, it's not really and it's not an investment. You kind of you know you're to use the American expression, it's the warm fuzzy feeling of helping make an idea happen. You know, so um, in the sense, I think in the equity side, yeah, I think it, it still is massively a, a, a big grey area, and I think that's why they're trying to come up with all the regulations because you know often another question we get is you know is this um, 
eligible for tax, you know, and VAT, and all, you know, and so obviously, what threshold is that? Do I put that against my accounts? And I think, and it's still, I haven't got a good answer to that either. I think it's because I think it, the one, you know, I think you have to almost speak to your accountant about that and see what you can put. I mean, it's if you're raising large sums of money, that is. So I think it, um, I think the reason for China legislation is trying to cut out those grey areas, but it's a tricky one, um, and I, it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. I think, and that's one of the reasons why we haven't dealt with equity um, because. You know, it's kind of in the in the way up of what's going to happen. But um, let's see. Like the demography of the people that in, invest, do you track what sort of people and whether that changes over time particular parts of the market? Um, it, I think. It, I mean, we do track it. I mean, we actually also have. Um, we whilst we built up the community, we also have an option to kind of pledge as guests, you know, because we're, we're conscious that people don't want to necessarily sign up to numerous sites if people only want one-off donations, but I think typically um, younger individuals, um, you know, ranging between kind of 16 and 35 um, primarily, but then, and then we've had, it's all about the kind of campaigns bringing in them. The model works from having, the, you know, one filmmaker bringing in a 200 filmmaker friends who are then bringing in another filmmaker. And meanwhile, you've got photographers doing exactly the same thing. You've got a theatre campaign doing exactly the same. You've got a sport campaign. So it's kind of, it's this kind of domino effect. So almost the platform almost kind of works for itself. And um, you do get, I mean, it's a wide range of people, you know, from all over the world and all ages. But I'd say, you know, primarily the, um, slightly sort of kind of the younger bracket, kind of 1835. Yeah, crowdsourcing essentially, isn't it? Kind of crowdsourcing. Yeah. Um, well, that again, that's what this, um, like I said, you know, having direct feedback with the customers. I mean, this is where running a campaign, people can get in touch with you and say, "Look, I'm really interested. You know, I'm not necessarily have enough money to invest, but I'd quite like to work for you." And then, you know, that we don't actually have a specific, you know, tool for it on the site. Um, you know, for people to do that. But you know, there's. Just running the campaign itself, people can then get in touch with you on, you know, make a comment and then um, kind of go from there. Um, but it is something that, I mean, there are other sites out there for kind of, you know, people wanting to, to read, people who haven't got, I'm trying to think of examples of sites, but people who haven't got a gardening tool, for example, and, you know, they put it up in, in their local community, then they, you know, oh, I've got a ladder, and you kind of all the kind of people sharing and kind of peer-to-peer -peer lending, and it, yeah, there's numerous, and obviously Zipcar and all these sort of things, but. Um, If they're wanting to do an internship with us, I mean that's that's one thing. But I mean, if they want to, in terms of the businesses and the campaign, I'd say get in touch with with the campaign owners directly. You know, if if you see a campaign up on the on platform, um, reach out to them directly. And if you, if you can't get a hold of them, get in touch with us, and we might be able to kind of do an introduction. Um, but it it depends. I mean, we don't. It depends what people are wanting and what people want. So I think I'd say almost to go onto the site, look at the different categories, say if something that they're interested in, if they're interested in sport, if they're interested in business, or if they're interested, in, and then see what campaigns are out there, see what's doing well, or even the successful ones. Go back and look at the successful ones because you know we don't take any of the campaigns down. You know, even if they raise nothing, we try and keep the site as transparent as possible so people can go on and learn from what campaigns have done well, what what haven't, 
Um, and so if you see a campaign that you like the look of, yeah, I'd say kind of get in touch directly. But like I said, if you can't. Well, that's a good message. We'll take that through to the, to the student body. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Great. No questions? Lunch? Yeah? yeah? <laughs> Thanks very much anyway. Very much. Cheers. Great.